all you motherfuckers. I am so glad that you are actually listening to my voice. You aren't just listening to my voice, but you're listening to the Commander We. Hello. And we're listening to fucking Baron Von Bonyard, the Sin Cinema Maniac. How you doing, sir? Greetings, Reverend. I am splendid. Good to see your charming face once more. Hey, man, I, I'm just here. I'm fucking, I'm glistening because I'm smiling so much. And, and I'm ready to go all the way. Are you motherfuckers ready to go all the way? <laughs> Don't go all the way, Terry. Don't go, all, go, go all, all the way, way. man. We're going all the way. And we're going all the way deep into Slumber Party Massacre Part 2. That's right. <laughs> Very some fucking rock and roll we got oh, going dear. on right now, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I'm really excited about this. This is one of those. Gene has, uh, 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 the Baron here has been very um, instrumental in reintroducing some artful horror films to me, which I've really enjoyed and really loved. But I, because we're so busy with all of our different endeavors and different podcasts, I don't get to watch as much horror as I'd like to. And I, for, and I definitely don't go back and rewatch stuff unless we're doing it. And going back and watching this reminded me that with no disrespect to any other level of horror, I love all types and styles of horror in some fashion or another. This reminded me that the 80s slasher flick is absolutely my fucking favorite of all. Absolutely. That decade, too. It's hard to not put the fucking 70s up there, but yo, man. It's it, the '80s slasher thing is so fucking brilliant. Fuck yeah, man! Well, I'm glad you're excited, but this is this is more than just an '80s slasher thing. You know that, right? I mean, this is a rock and roll fucking excursion into <laughs> the depths of depravity of teenage rebellion and finding your own sexuality and all these things and going but, all the way going all the fucking way yeah you don't want to do it you don't want to do it it's got a moral to it i'm just gonna set that out right now this movie has a moral to it and what is that moral just like most 80s slashers films don't fuck don't go all the way you're gonna be fucked if you fuck don't fuck anybody don't fuck no dudes don't fuck no ladies don't fuck no inflatable dolls don't fuck anybody so this motherfucking film was released in 1987. Um, this is a Roger Corman production produced by Roger Corman, as well as Deborah Brock, who was the director and the writer as well. And Don Daniel, I think he just threw some money into it. Um, this stars Crystal Bernard as Courtney. And then did, did you get what the driller killer's name is? A ton no. A Tonis Illick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking Satan backwards, man. This guy's got his name is Satan backwards. Well, his dad, his dad founded Little Caesar's pizza chain, so he is the devil. He is definitely oh the God. devil, but I do like <laughs> Little Caesars a whole lot. I Stop it. You do it. Oh, I forgot. No, I, forgot. I do. You know I do. I eat that shit on a weekly basis, man. Yeah, I know. Because it's cheap. Because it's cheap. And there's nothing better than cheap pepperoni pizza and Pepsi. And we're going to get into product placement later. 
Mm-hmm. But Atonis Illick, he, yeah, he's he's a rich boy, baby. He was born to fill this role. His parents are fucking super rich. He, he this is the only film he's really in. He's in like he's in, one he's other. In three things totally yeah. don't matter. All he <laughs> is is the fucking rockabilly driller killer in Slumber Party Massacre Part Two. Like he. That's the character that he fucking portrays. Those other two films do not matter. I didn't write the name of the other two films down because they don't matter. This is the film that the son of the heir to Little Caesar's Pizzeria, which is a big deal here in the USA. He's the killer in this film. It's fucking wonderful. So we open up, and since this is a part two, we have some flashbacks from the first original film um which is amazing as well and i thought about doing a double feature but you know we didn't need to get that deep into it but let me just go over it super quick slumber Party massacre part one is 1982 straight up slasher film there's not much substance to it the nudity in it is better than the one that we're going to talk about but the thing i wanted to mention about the original slumber party massacre is that it was written by Rita Mae Brown. That is a woman, and she is not only a woman, but she is a top feminist writer in the United States of America. She fucking rules, dude. She's awesome. uh, Her autobiographical novel is Ruby Ruby Fruit Jungle, and um, she's written all kinds of other films. She's written all kinds of... uh, books as well she's an educator she like goes on tour being an educator talking about literature in the feminist movement she is the one that wrote the screenplay for slumber party massacre part one Um, can i ask you guys real quick have either of you read ruby fruit jungle i have not i know but i have not read it like i mean i'm not i'm not gonna shame you for not reading it but it is it is important to very good book she is a fucking genius often overlooked and if i need to point out that she's a genius she wrote fucking slumber party massacre part one it's fucking brilliant <laughs> so slumber party massacre part one is a great film run of the mill better nudity than part two it's got really good pacing and arguably better cinematography but we're not covering that one because that one does not have a rockabilly driller kill we're talking about Lumber Party Massacre Part 2. So we wake up. We're picking up with the survivors from Part 1. Valerie has been institutionalized, and her mom is just trying to raise her other daughter, Courtney, who also survived the first one, in a respectable way and just trying to make sure that no other serial killers try to kill that daughter because the other one's dropped in an institution at this time. But Courtney just wants to get out there. She's in a band, man. She's playing rock and fucking roll in the 80s. And they're good. They're they I, are like good. Those, I like those songs, man. I legit like them. It yeah, reminds, those songs, It reminds me of overproduced Go-Go's stuff. It's definitely very Go-Go's, man. It's got some really good Go-Go's sound to it. And those are rocking songs. Those actresses are not playing those instruments. 
I do not need to be a musician to understand that they are not playing Dude. those instruments. Dude, one of those girls, the lead guitarist, is not using a pick. <laughs> She's not even using a pick, dude. <laughs> but she's in this band. She's doing really well. Um, and she has an interest with a lover. You know, she's trying to meet this guy. She's like, hey, come to my band practice. She, he comes to band practice. Oh, he's an oily bohunk, too. He's good looking. Oh, uh, you know who that guy is? That guy's the guy from fucking Quantum Leap, dude. He's in a bunch of Quantum Leap episodes, man. Oh, it's not Scott Bakula. I was going to be like, who fucking Yeah, me? yeah, no. Well, no, it's not Scott Bakula, yeah. man. <laughs> I would have said it was Scott Bakula, but it's not, man. It's, it's another dude from the Quantum Leap. Okay. They're playing music in the garage. They got to take a break. She's going to go talk to her bohunk. Courtney's going to go talk to her bohunk. Is there anything you guys need from the kitchen? I need a slice. Thank you for bringing up slice. Slice is my favorite product placement in this film because not only is it a delicious lemon or orange flavored beverage, it also in fact cites the fact that they're going to get stabbed later on. It's it's beautiful. It's kismet. And they also, they hammer home that Slice is there. Like, there's at least eight different times that this shit shows up. Now, on top of that, I think we need to talk about something else. Slice doesn't exist anymore. No, it does not. It hasn't for years. Uh, 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 Baron, uh, Baron is, is down under, as many people know. Do they have Slice down there? Or did they have Slice down there? Did it get shipped all over? Never seen is it before? As a brand name, never heard of it in my, before in my life. So Slice was made by Pepsi, but I just don't think, not everything they make gets shipped worldwide. Um, yeah. So there was, I, the last thing I remember seeing and going, what the fuck is this, was remember when they made a Dr. Slice? It was Dr. Pepper and Slice together in this oh orange God. Dr. Pepper thing, and I <laughs> tried it once out of morbid curiosity, and it was one of the most repugnant things ever. And then before I know it, Slice is gone. And most people think that it's gone. I, I belong to a number of groups that talk about uh, hard-to-find snacks. Anyway, um, <laughs> most people speculate that they tried to branch out too far. They had over 15 different flavors of Slice, and people didn't know yeah. which one to buy. 15. Fifteen. Fifteen. It started with orange. Actually, it started with lemon lime, and then it was orange. And orange was so popular, they went every time we make one, it becomes more popular. And they wound up making over fifteen different kinds before they finally went, "Fuck, dude! Like no one's buying this because they don't even know what to buy anymore." And there's a better alternative via another Coke company because uh, Terry and I will never agree on this, but Pepsi is an inferior cola company. So, no, yes, no, no, it no, 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 yes, no, yes, no, it is. No. Yes, entirely 100% there, come on. Sorry, <laughs> you need to shut the fuck up, man. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm going to say right saying now, that because I'm not I in the room with you. I'm, oh, damn, dude. Harsh words. Harsh words, man. Over the pawn and everything. Okay. I'm just going to say, and I will give you this, <laughs> that Fanta is a better product than Slice was. And so the yeah, Coke one on that. Fanta well, is better than Slice. Haritos is better than all of them. So let's just dead that right now. Which is neither Pepsi nor Coke. Mexico That's wins right. again. Si se puede. 
Um, <laughs> Matt and Courtney are making plans. Hey, we're going to go up to my girlfriend's house this weekend. She, her dad just bought a condo. You should come with us. She finally gets her mom that's super paranoid to fucking agree that she can go out on this town, you know, out of town and have this trip. She's got her boyfriend's going to come meet her up there later on. You know, she's going to take off with the band. So we got a road trip and they go in the fucking county squire, man. I swear to God, this thing is a beautiful car and they got all their equipment, a full on drum set, the bass, the guitar and a keyboard all in they pack in and they're heading towards the lake where her friend's dad just bought a condo can we address that please the keyboard they got the keyboard they had the keyboard i heard the keyboard while they were playing in the garage in front of the uh, oily bohunk that was in her dreams at the beginning yeah right yeah. ain't nobody playing a fucking keyboard yeah, there's, there's nobody no playing it no. There's four broads in that band, two guitars, one singer, one bassist, <laughs> and one drummer. That doesn't math doesn't add up. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. I just wanted to point it out. It bothers me. <laughs> so they load up into this car. They're heading towards the condo. Courtney unfortunately falls asleep. And what does she dream about? Of course, the serial killer that tried to kill her and her sister. That her sister is insta-lose from the trauma that she has received from trying to take out a mass murderer that killed fucking like 10 people in the first movie she starts occurring in her dreams and we're like well yeah it's just her dreams this is a different situation she always stars awake and everything's fine you know it, it doesn't matter all right he's a rockabilly too did i mention that he's a rockabilly he's totally playing a guitar this whole time with yeah jacket backwards he's um, like He's like a, a cartoon 80s version of Johnny Cash and Elvis just slapped together. But if Elvis and Johnny Cash weren't from the South, but were from the San Fernando Valley of California. Okay. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Are you, will you back me on that, Reverend? Is that an accurate description? Oh, yeah. That is 100%. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I think the band that you're going for is actual social distortion. Oh but, shit! Yeah, you didn't realize Holy... that this was social distortion, dude. But that's but that's Orange County. But still, I I think I'm gonna back that up. This dude is the frustrated ex guitar player of social distortion. <laughs> Not the Mike Ness that beat up the fucking Proud Boy guy. The fucking other guy that no one never remembers his name. <laughs> can that be the Can that be the episode title? <laughs> You gotta talk to you gotta talk to uh, the Baron. All right. He controls all, right, all from. We from, can discuss. We can discuss. Past. Yeah. <laughs> so they they arrive at the condo, and Courtney goes to get into her bed. Oh my God! There's a body in the bed, but it's just a blow up sex doll because her friend's older brother had been in there, and her friend's older brother he's a pervert. He's got a sex doll. He's got a book about fucking sex. It, he's got a sex book. It's like a long penthouse letter is all that book is. Yeah, yeah, it's a penthouse <laughs> letters fucking collection. And they break in and decide that they need to get drunk. And what do girls do when they get drunk? Tops come off. Um, yeah. 
tops come they off. They dance. They dance. <laughs> they um, uh, they ruin pillows. They destroy some pillows. They yell at the sex doll a couple of times. Um, yeah, this happens every time girls get drunk. I think. Unbeknownst to them, the boys are outside, which is very similar to the first film that the boys are outside and they're watching them have the slumber party pillow fight. So TJ and Jeff are kind of spotting in on them, kind of checking things out. Uh Uh-oh, did you close the garage door? I don't know. Let's go check. Jeff does this weird, oh, I got stabbed. And then fucking TJ, who has the... (laughs) The California. Every single person, you know, I want to explain to our New Zealand and Australian followers that other than me and Ryan, every single person in California sounds exactly like TJ. Uh, That's rough. That is very, very rough. (laughs) Our our unseen uh, producer, LB. LB, uh, Producer LB is not the main producer of the show. The Baron does a great deal of the heavy lifting on that. Uh, I wanted to make that known and say thank you to the Baron live on air. Most welcome. Most welcome. Producer LB does do a certain aspect of it. And she's from, she's from Florida. She's from down south. Now, she's like, she tells me and Terry that we are the most California people she's ever met. Like, with that, with, we have the cartoon accent. I'm like, I don't fucking think so. I, I mean... I know motherfuckers that talk like Jeff Spicoli and TJ for sure. They exist, but like, yo, man, we don't fucking talk like that. <laughs> nah, not at all. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing the podcast if you talk like that. Like, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> that motherfucker is frustrating to say the least. <laughs> I do oh, not yeah. like TJ. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mentally deficient Anyways, rapist. <laughs> yeah. Jeff and TJ fucking kind of come into the situation and they, they come in and they get caught and they're like, hey, but we're all here again. And like, we should be keep on partying and eat these slices and these, drink these Pepsis and eat these kettle chips and shit, man. And uh, night work. Wait, wait, wait. Um, you want to go into that real quick? Because during the party? That's yeah, let's where do the product placement now. Okay. Let's talk about this. So I've got I've got a comprehensive list here. You ready? Do it, man. Mm-hmm. They made they made very good and well short. Well, a couple there's two that are just throughout the movie. Every car is a Ford. Um, mm-hmm. okay. they also made they they uh, um, I think all of the shoes, with the exception of you know maybe the Driller Killer and several other people's. Um, you know, shoes for aesthetic purposes, they're all Nikes. Yeah. Um, okay. So then there's, then you've got all the Pepsi product placement, Slice, Perrier, Diet Pepsi, regular Pepsi, all types of fucking Pepsi products. Then you've got Denny's as mentioned numerous times. We haven't gotten there yet, but we will. It's one of my favorite jokes in the fucking movie. Um, um, and then Pace Salsa, uh, kettle chips, Easy Cheese, Maxwell House Coffee, Knott's Berry Farm Jam, Yamaha. I noticed that all of their instruments were Yamaha. I don't know if anyone yeah. else noticed this, but I did. Mm-hmm. Their guitars, their basses. I'm like, those all look like Yamaha. And I was sitting there trying to zoom in, do all kinds. And I was looking it up online, 
trying to find photos to look at the fucking head of the guitars. All of the fucking equipment is Yamaha, including that keyboard that's a ghost plays for some reason. Um, also, you have, uh, uh, by the way, Knott's uh, Berry Farm Jam. I remember that that's when I was good. a kid. That's just they, really good, dude. They, they still they make they that mar- shit, man. They marketed it as fancy jam, and it was just fucking jam. Like, it was. They tried to make it look rustic, but it was just fucking the same bullshit you get from anywhere else. And it was fine. I remember it. But oh, it's delicious, um, man. I'll I'll swear by that, man. That, that I'm not. Good, I'm dude. not gonna. I'm not gonna shit on Knott's Berry Farm Jam. I'm just saying they were trying to sell something that wasn't there. But um, the other one, the bit. This is another big one that also comes up a little later. Maybe you're gonna get into it. Is Oxy Ten acne treatment they bring it up like four times and one of those times i'm like dude that was so blatant and unnecessary it's out of line it was absurd to the point it took me out of the movie and made me realize it um uh, also these bitches are trying to convince us that champagne and corn dogs go together that's not product <laughs> i don't think maybe they're working for big corn dog though i don't know your champagne yeah. no help but I think Big Corn Dog might have had these bitches on the payroll because champagne and corn dog that that made me physically ill to think about. Like that's gross. Yeah, man. So uh, <laughs> after that, like literal commercial and like fifteen different products being placed in the center of this film, which is a big part of the fucking film because it's the slumber party part where they're all fucking dancing around and hitting each other with pillows. They it's pan really over funny. all of these products open and being used on the floor to the left, and then they do a couple things, and then they pan back over it to the right. Mm-hmm. They showed it from all angles several times. It was fucking blatant. Yeah, I mean... It, it was um, injected in there, like saline. So, the boys are there. They're all drunk. They ate all the food and stuff. It's time for Courtney to go to bed. She goes to bed with... Uh, Amy's in the room and they're hanging out. Um, TJ and Sheila going fuck, and they're like fucking super loud, right? And it's keeping Corny up. And she's like, "Do they always make make that much noise?" Well, the longer that they go, the more noise that they make. She's and, sleeping in bed with what's her name, Valerie. Yeah, is it yeah. Uh, the the Zit girl? Sorry, mm-hmm. man, there's a lot of characters. Um, but anyway, yeah, I can't remember. Zig girl and Courtney are laying in bed and TJ and Sheila are keeping them up by the fucking. So she doesn't get a very good night's sleep. She finally falls to sleep. She finally falls asleep. You know that twilight hour, dude. She only got like four hours before like sun coming up and stuff. She's falling asleep. So she starts dreaming. She starts dreaming about that bohunk Mac that came and watched her at practice. And he's fucking bobbing his head and stuff. She's feeling it. She's like, she's like really feeling it. But you know what? Nottis isn't what? fucking feeling it. Nottis isn't feeling it. This fucking ex-guitar player for Social Distortion gets really pissed, and he's like, hey, you remember that serial killer that you're really traumatized about? I now play guitar, because there is no explanation why this guy from the first movie would start playing guitar, but in this movie, he's playing a guitar with a drill on it. And you know what you need to not do? You need to not go all the way, because if you go all the way, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. So, <laughs> she wakes up in a startle. She She's hungover, but she goes and meets her friends out by the pool. 
and they got the blow-up doll, and they're reading the fucking penthouse letters. Everything's very highly sexual, right? TJ comes out, you know? I don't know, like, I just fucked all night last night, and <laughs> that was the just best impression really... ever. Very good It gets sense. better. It gets better, because Courtney's not really feeling, you know, um, <laughs> and she's like, I, I've been up all night because you guys were fucking and of course you know she was like yeah what's wrong with you i totally got my brace back there like that and corny's not feeling it she's like i have this really bad headache uh, i know something that could help you with that and tj decides that he's gonna rub her temples rub her back a little bit you know ease that stress away before he shoves her into the fucking pool like a dick dude because tj obviously has become the dick in the situation but we're all going to be really happy when he dies later so you got to set up some type of characterization i think that was the whole point of tj he's just a dick the whole movie right right so courtney now soaked and hung over as well as being traumatized from the serial killer that killed all of her friends and her sister's friends and her sister being in an institution and her mom being like overly protective because her sister's in an institution and the whole fucking serial killer situation she needs to go lay down that's a lot that's a lot for her to fucking take care of she's only a teenager she's trying to get to fucking high school and get her first boyfriend she's trying to go all the way that's what's trying to happen and she almost drowns for christ's sakes yeah she goes and takes a nap but Valerie, Valerie's a good friend. She's like actually the drummer and she's been totally cool this whole time. She's not complaining about anything. She's she's not fucking too loud. She's being there for her friend Courtney that needs her. And so she goes up and she's like, hey, what's going on? You know, is there anything I can do for you? Courtney's like, I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. So I, I, I'm just, I keep having these headaches and these dreams and Courtney's like, you know, I know sometimes I have really bad days too. I have this really big zit and I ran out of Oxy 10 pads and then I, I gotta say, man, I can't even, I can't even hide my excitement about this, that this is my bit of violence. Her face explodes from the zit on her face. Okay. It, I mean, there's no arguing this, and this is the first time I'm doing it. I'm just throwing it out there. Best bit of violence is the zit exploding on her face. Yeah, it gets it goes back and forth, but this whole movie, all the conversations are these weird head-on uh, uh, yeah. filming. Like every conversation, it's right there, your face, and then they go back to the other person's face, and then back to and with that, it goes back and forth. The zit gets worse. Yeah, it's fucking, that was really well done. I enjoyed the fucking, well, it's bad progression, but, like, I enjoyed that special effect. It's Skinamax up all night fucking HBO softcore porn. That's the way that this film is fucking shot. Uh, 100%. There's some action, and then any dialogue is literally talking heads on a news screen almost and a daytime drama soap opera. That They have these conversations. But then her fucking face explodes with a zit, and it's fucking amazing. Courtney cannot handle this shit. She goes and gets TJ, who already was a dick to her. He goes, she goes and gets all of her other friends. No one really believes her. She's like, no, her face exploded. All of a sudden, her boy, 
bohunk fucking Matt comes in and she's like, I am really nervous because this girl's face just exploded in front of me. He's like, well, let's call the police. So who do they call? Officer Voorhees yeah. and Officer yeah. Kruger. Yeah. Yeah. They show up the first time. These cops are not having this shit, man. These are the most aggressive. These this is a very these actors deserve a goddamn Academy Award because this is the way cops actually act. There's I, one I did like that, that hates the fact that he's there. Mm-hmm. Officer Kruger is absolutely pissed that you would waste the taxpayers' money for me to bang out here. Officer Voorhees, on the other hand, also does not give a shit. Does not give a shit. But, is but he's not there. angry. He's not angry. He's just like inconvenienced, though. Officer Voorhees has amazing David Hasselhoff hair and is like, hey, dude, uh, they're, they're still holding our table at Denny's. We need to go back to Denny's. And they mention it like twice. I'm yeah. going to call that a product placement. Mm-hmm. Well, at this point, this is the third time that they've mentioned the fucking Oxy-10 pads. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, Valerie comes in while they're all having this conversation. And she drops it the fourth time. Oh, I just went to go get some Oxy-10 pads for this really bad zip that I have. And she has her paper bag uh-huh. and her product placement, 100%. And, dude, and she's doing it with this, like, oh, the cops are here, but I'm smiling and look at my back. Like, it's a whole deal. She's really trying to sell those fucking pads, man. <laughs> I don't even know. Do those exist anymore either? I don't think so, man. This is, this is a very do. 80s film, man. Yeah. I remember those were around even when I was in junior high, but I don't even know if they were around in high school. And to, for fucking reference, Terry and I graduated right around the same time in the early two, like the right when the millennium struck is when we graduated from high school. Or didn't, in my case. I didn't graduate. <laughs> I went on to command things. I didn't have time for high school. Yeah. Um, so everything's fine. Valerie just had a zit. They party a little more. There's a couple of scenes where they're playing music and stuff, but Courtney's not really feeling too good. So Matt's going to take care of her. Matt, he came all the way out to this condo, this random condo out in the middle of nowhere, you know? So he comes up there and he's taking care of Courtney. He's like, Hey man, I got you a fucking birthday cake. Look at this birthday cake, dude. Lights the candles. That shit's fucking romantic as fucking sexy. Dude, she is worked up. So. She's having it. What is she going to do? What do you think she's going to try to do? She might try to go all the way. She was warned not to by her crazy sister. She was warned by her crazy sister, her mom, her friend somewhat when she had the Oxy-10 fucking thing and in all these fucking pre-election dreams that she's had. So, when she goes all the way, Matt's entire fucking chest and stomach cavity just explode with guitar fucking drill shoving action. He penetrates this guy's entire fucking abdominal cavity with a fucking guitar drill and from the back playing a rock and roll song <laughs> yeah it like burst out of his fucking chest like alien <sighs> 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 
And now we finally have some violence because other than flashback scenes and the exploding face, this is finally where we get to some fucking violence. Yeah, they relied they relied on a lot of flashbacks for, for blood. Yeah. Although, to be fair, Terry, it does adhere to your rule. Uh, 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 the, the first time we see murder is within yeah. 30 seconds of this movie starting, and there's like five murders from the first movie. <laughs> it is, it is. But does that really count, though? Because it's not actually part of this film? It counts. It's one of those things where it's like, did you lose your virginity? It was just dry humping. That's kind of what it is. Like, i already seen this. You make sense? That makes sense. I guess yeah. so. Oh, you guess? <laughs> I don't think I ever I don't think I dry humped a woman to completion before I actually had sex so I don't know man you know what me neither <laughs> uh, no comment <laughs> no comment he's a classy to get involved with the, with the degenerate blue collar ways yeah. of you and I <laughs> All right. Good on you, Baron. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Um, <laughs> now the killing can start. Now the killing can fucking start because Courtney runs out of the room. He's chasing. Driller Kill is fucking chasing her with the goddamn guitar drill, singing the whole way down. Dude, like two stepping down the fucking staircase. It's a it's like a big musical right. number. It's a big it, musical number. Definitely. This this merges slasher and musical quite a bit. I love it. I love it. So he I comes downstairs. That musical Everybody else is fucking chilling there. Jeff and TJ is fucking singing and fucking no one can play the drums. Jeff tries. Jeff is actually the kind of the guy that I'm like, okay, this guy actually tried something. He was like, no, fuck this. And he goes at fucking Gorilla Killer. No, no, wait, wait, wait. TJ is the one that picks up the bass and he's like, fuck you, motherfucker. He's going to hit him with it. DJ. No, TJ, TJ backs off until fucking Jeff takes it, doesn't he? No, Jeff grabs the lamp from behind the drum set. Fucking TJ oh. grabs the bass, and TJ gets fucked up but doesn't get killed. And Jeff yeah. tries to fucking... Yeah, yeah, okay. So They definitely tried to step the fucking driller killer, though. Like, they seriously, did. they both try to step the driller killer, and they both get fucked. Jeff takes off with fucking his girlfriend, and... Uh, Courtney, right? Yeah. Yeah, Courtney can, can, and Jeff are fucking taking off and they try to get away in this car. Let me say, Kira the and TJ are trying to fucking get away and they go fucking knocking on someone's door and they can't even fucking get in. And by the time that they run away, the guy comes out and he's like, oh, there's no one here. Closes the door. You got that gag. It's fucking wonderful, man. Yo, he says, you goddamn kids. But in that time... In front of his garage door, Driller Killer killed TJ. Yeah. Because TJ's fucked. Isn't that the one we're talking about? Yeah, TJ's definitely fucked by that point. Because yeah. he gets the fucking the, the shot, but he's uh, still getting dragged around by Sheila. Right. Either way. Um, yeah, the melee ensues. They chase each other. Fucking Courtney fucking finally sets the Driller Killer on fire with this oxyacetylene torch. And he falls off of the scaffolding of a different empty condo. And we are convinced that the killer is dead. But we have this M. Night Shalom ending. 
where she wakes up and she's in an institution. But is it really her waking up in an institution or is it Valerie, her sister, in an institution? Or are they in rooms directly across from each other? Wait for part fucking three. Yep, that's right. Um, it's it's pronounced M. Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong, by the way. That's it. Thank That's you. it. Thank you. Yes. I Thank trip you. over that one sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I understand. He's from he's from Philly. He's got a weird name. <laughs> too much, too much uh, substance to his films and the pronunciation of his name. All right, I fucking love that. Um, Terry, your bit of violence is actually was on my list. I almost I wrote down three. Yeah, let's go into bit of violence. Mine is definitely the zit. What do you got, Commander? Uh, okay, um, but uh, okay. So I thought to myself, the zit thing. I'm like, well, that's not. Is that violence? Yeah, that's violence. She was assaulted by pus. You know, it's violence. And then I thought about, um, you know, the driller killers murders, and I'm like, well, I like this one and that one, and I don't want to say what every one of them are because I don't want to ruin the Barons. Surely he has a good one. You know what I ended up? I went, no, this, I love the comedic part of, of 80 slashers. And this is something you didn't say during your synopsis. The chicken in the fridge is my favorite, man. Oh, it's yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, you, you and I are drawn to this trauma-esque <sighs> style at all points during movies. That is the most cartoon, goofy bullshit. I loved it so much. I, yeah, I, I loved out the chicken. Love the chicken. Um, the chicken to to for everybody's fucking benefit. She goes to the fuck. She this is so they stole a bunch of shit from um uh, from Nightmare on Elm Street for this one. Absolutely. They, yeah. they stole a bunch from Ghostbusters for this one, which by the way mm -hmm. had come mm -hmm. out and was extremely popular at the time. Mm -hmm. And Roger oh, yeah. Corman is a biter. I love Roger Corman, but he's a fucking biter and he's cheap as fuck. We've already fuck talked yeah, about this in other in our double feature Robert Roger Corman episode. Um, or no, that was H.G. Lewis, wasn't it? Yeah, we did. Yep, 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 yep. We but but Roger Corman is, is notoriously cheap as well. And that motherfucker had, instead of Zool, which was amazing coming out of the fridge, have a fucking chicken attack this girl. And it was, it was fucking incredible. I, I, it was so funny. <laughs> I, I legit laughed out loud and I've seen this movie before. I forgot about the chicken. It's my favorite. Yeah. It's absolutely my it, favorite. It's fucking absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I dig it, dude. <laughs> What what do you think, Baron? Um, <clears throat> bits of violence. Um, my favorite bit of violence is also the chicken because it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it just made me laugh out loud, piss myself. Absolutely. You motherfuckers! There's some good gore <laughs> in this. It takes until like the last twelve minutes, but there are some good gore scenes. Dude. You're right. My my best bit of violence, though, just to differentiate between the two favorite and best, that my best bit of violence, I thought. Um, impressive maybe not a word I use but the one that had the biggest impact was the initial uh, killing of um, you know the football uh, wet yeah. chad like <laughs> play with the drill up through the chest because that was the whole yeah. visual, visual yeah. metaphor For sure. as yeah. the fella kiss fuck <laughs> drill kill from that behind was, and all that <laughs> yeah. that was that was in my top three 
that was one that I was like, I might go with this because that is the best bit of violence. But as far as gore goes, that's the best bit. I'm with you on yeah. that. Um, yeah. My favorite is not that one. Obviously, we talked about that. Let me tell you, since since we're this is a little weird, I'm going to tell you what I think is actually the worst. I think the worst <laughs> bit of violence is the fucking acetylene torch. Just because of how that scene ran and how they used the footage that they have. So she sets this motherfucker on fire on the top of a construction site where they're still mm-hmm. clearly framing it. So there's not even sheetrock up. It's just wood. It's just plywood sure. and, two, and two by fours and that type of shit. And she sets this motherfucker on fire and they show this bad transition of him being standing there being whatever he is, Italian maybe, I don't know. And he's standing there with his guitar and then it, kind of there's this is the double exposure of his face is bubbling and burned and then it shows him fully being burned with the acetylene torch and he's dancing around and then he's on fire and he falls and they show the fall twice is it three times or twice from two I from think they do it angles. three times dude that's ridiculous <laughs> like <laughs> like it turns into a cartoon at that point you know what I mean? It's a it's a late night TV joke at that point. Like it I was. I mean, that's bad. what I'm that saying, man. This is a Skinamax film. This is a fucking up all night HBO 100%. Skinamax part two fucking '80s film at its at its epiphany. I don't right. know if it's at its best, but it's at its <laughs> height. So I I agree with that, and I love this movie dearly. But I can tell you that that was badly done. <laughs> but at the same time, I also love it. I love that it's badly done. I love that they're just like, fuck that. We shot this crazy scene that cost us probably more than any other thing in the whole movie. So we're going to go ahead and fucking use all the angles that we fucking shot. <laughs> what else we got, Bubba? Uh, well, we did product placement. I guess we have a Jabba Royale now. Oh, yes. I'm interested to see what you have to say here. Okay, man. So I'm going to go heavy with this. Okay. Straight up, straight up the driller killer versus Officer Voorhees and Officer Kruger. Interesting. Now, I, I, oh. I have, I'm, I, hold on. I'm going to protest, but I'm going to leave it up to the two of you to decide this. I just want to bring this up. The driller killer is a main character. He's not a job. Yes. I mean, I guess so, man. I, I told you I was going big. I, I, I mean, okay. Like, I feel I, like I feel this like is a movie that we can have a heavyweight on this. I'm not I'm not gonna argue with that. I will I will I, I'm bringing the protest, so I will not argue. But I, I do agree with that. Uh Baron, will you allow this? Well, I I hear you, Commander, but we do have a main character in a handicap match, as it's called in the I biz mean, I against a tag team. Yeah. Right. I mean, how's the, how, how is the, how is, you know, I mean, how's Undertaker going to lose the tugboat? It's not going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tugboat ain't taking the belt from fucking Undertaker or Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, well, but it, but it is two against one, though. So it is a handicap match for the Driller Killer. So, do, therefore, do we allow a main roster guy to go against two jobbers as opposed to one? Okay, I mean, I suppose- I, okay, you know what? You know what? You guys fucking I'll, I'll allow I'm it. changing the entire <laughs> conversation now. It's now 
TJ versus fucking Courtney's mom. Because that's an actual real fight. There you go. You guys fucking Ooh, suck, but I changed my argument. What do you want? That's interesting. Place your fucking bets. I, you know what I thought you were going to go with on this one was, was Kruger versus Voorhees. That was too easy. That's why I went with the heavyweight well, match. You guys don't like it. So I changed it, and I went with my secondary fucking round because the fucking headliner got canceled. Now you guys got to tell disputes. me who's going to win between TJ okay. and fucking Courtney's crazy mom who has to raise these two fucking traumatic daughters mm. now. I, mm. I think her name is, is Rhodes, Mrs. Rhodes. They never say her first name, but I think it's mm. Rhodes. And, 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 and TJ... The fucking the Haybro San Fernando Valley cigarette smoking motherfucker. Yes, yeah. so much. Um, Baron, you want to like go they first? get in a fight about fucking say like a parking spot or something? Who you taking in this shit? Sure. Um, Baron, you want to go? I can go if you want. Yeah, yeah. I, I need I need a bit more context to formulate my thoughts. Please go, there, right. Commander. I'll go. I'll go. Um. I am going to take Mrs. Rhodes, and I'll tell you fucking why, pal. Um, TJ is a smart, smart mouth little shit. I would actually go back and use some old school terminology and say he's a fucking smart Alec because this is 1987 we're talking about. He's yeah. a fucking. He's got a leather jacket, and he smokes cigarettes, and he pushes fucking damaged girls into a pool, and he voyeurizes and halfway rapes bitches like yeah but yeah. he's a fucking bitch he hasn't seen shit in his life this motherfucker hasn't seen any and look at the people he hangs around with this is clearly a rich kid rebel in my opinion all these yeah. kids are fucking rich kids now here's the other thing mrs rhodes she might vary we don't really know her fucking backstory and she's in the first one but it's not the same actress so that's kind of difficult um, to weigh in on and I guess we'll take the first movie out of account, correct? Should we do that? Mm hmm Okay. Mrs. Rhodes is a grown-ass woman that has seen one of, both of her daughters nearly fucking murdered by a psychopathic fucking killer. <laughs> and one of whom is in a goddamn mental institution permanently. And she has pain, struggles, and a level of vengeance that cannot be overstated. What I mean by this is she clearly just wants to be a good person, wants to raise her kids, wants to look out for other kids, wants to fucking try and fix the older one that's clearly never getting better. She wants to take care of these things. She's, she's got that motherly instinct, but part of a motherly instinct is a capability of violence that does not exist outside of being a parent. This woman has a level of vengeance within her that cannot be rivaled by some punk-ass 17-year-old bitch-made half-assed high school rich kid rebel. There's no fucking way that kid smokes Marlboro Reds and puts on a leather jacket and he's tougher than this broad. She will fuck him up if backed into a corner. Not even a question. What do you think? Yeah, I hear yeah, I hear that, Commander. I hear that. That was well put, actually. Um, because TJ uh, 
you know, I'm Australian, so yeah, my my French, but he is a wet cunt. Like every single <laughs> every single male in this film is an absolute wet cunt. Um, yes. So there's the there's the argument for the feminist bent uh, for this movie, absolutely. Um, and very mummy, very mummy dearest, yeah. Uh, the nature, the true nature of Mrs. Rhodes there, definitely. And the fact that she already had one of her daughters in an asylum uh, who went through a horrific traumatic event, that her other daughter goes through pretty much the same thing. And she, and as I can tell from the end of the movie, she puts her straight into an asylum again, both done and dusted there as well. I could um, see uh, like a little session of punishment and discipline via a coat rack when Courtney came home after this as well, you know, um, hearkening back to Mummy Dearest there. And mm -hmm. um, TJ stands no chance. TJ stands no chance. Um, yeah, he did grab the base because it was like, hey, I haven't, ha I haven't had a chance to bang these women yet. <laughs> it was pretty much just a primal instinct, not to the fact that he's a tough guy. When he actually goes up um, against uh, Mummy Dearest, you know, she could go up against the Driller Killer. That would be like a, like a main event WrestleMania match right there. So I sure. do agree 100%. Yeah, I give it to Mrs. Rhodes. I, I forgot to bring up, this is something I meant to mention in my rant, but I just went off down a fucking path. When he finally gets down, he wasn't acting like a bitch. He tried to fight the Driller Killer. He had the fucking bass guitar in his hand, but he was visibly shaking. He yeah, was fucking go. sweating it. And he didn't do any damage. He got fucked up in that fight. He's a bitch. Like, he's not, what I'm saying is he's not, He's willing, but he's never been in a fight. I don't give a shit how much anger you have in you. If you haven't been in a fight or known real pain, you can't fucking, you can't fight. Straight up and down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, agreed. Yeah, no, I, I don't think there was ever, ever any question about this. Mrs. Rhodes definitely takes it. Uh, TJ is the bitch and uh, is obviously defeated in this argument. Um, let me go ahead and circle that shit. Versus Voorhees and Officer Kruger. We should do that. I don't know. Um, we canceled yeah. that fight. We're we're not going to speculate. You don't want to do it at all. And okay. um, not a dark at match, some no. point, I think what I will suggest is that we have a, a headliners fucking battle royale where where That's we get a great idea. multiple episodes going into this thing. I like um, maybe we I do like maybe we. Maybe we do an episode. Maybe we do an episode where we do the bracket, and that's all yeah. we do. That's all we do. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. I was thinking how we could do a, a special episodes that don't focus on films, and that's a great idea. Yeah, fantastic. Well, let's get out of the drawing room. People are listening to us talk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, else, what else do we got there, uh, Reverend? Let's rate this thing and be done. I want to go last. So you want to go last? Yeah, Baron, can you can you go, or do you need me to go? Uh, hmm. I'll go just to get it out of the way, because okay. uh, I want to I want to finish on a positive note. Okay. Because uh, because I, <laughs> I have been quiet because I don't want to spoil the party. Don't want to be a party pooper. Because I love the the passion and the vigor you both have for this film and this type of film. Uh, I do not. <laughs> I didn't like this film <laughs> at all. <laughs> I had a, it was a painful viewing experience. I actually went through a bevy of emotions from depressed to angry, to deeply confused, back to depressed. <laughs> you took a lot out of this film, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it was it was difficult for me to watch. Um, but you know, I'm here. I'm here for the ride. I'm here for the ride. You know, I, uh, Reverend, I've made you sit through. You know, three hour. You know, title card laden. <laughs> Let's overly explain everything that the uh, the bad guy is doing. Films and then spend three hours explaining it. So you know, I'm here for the ride. Uh, mikasa su mikasa. Um, but this film wasn't for me. Um, in terms of rating, you're gonna hate me. You're really gonna hate me, but I have to be straight up. Let me know, um, man. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. I know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I will give it a one. <laughs> I'm giving it a, a one. one, bro. <laughs> um, and I'm giving Brutal. it a one because it, at least it had the decency to be short. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like ah. 80 minutes. <laughs> Felt like eight hours to me. Man, that's hard. Do uh, I would have get, if I didn't like you as much as I do as I do, I would have given it a zero. <laughs> I would honestly give this a zero. <laughs> well, you got Ryan. Where are you gonna uh, go on this? You do you have a disease for us? Oh, sorry, a disease. Yeah, it's a hangover. A brutal two to three day <laughs> hangover that makes you wish, why did I ever <laughs> go there in the first place? That's good. That's in line with actually what I wrote down. That's good. And that's topical. That's brilliant. That was well put. And I'm not mad at the one. I like that. There have to be people that, that think this is a one. This is not a box office success. It's a cult classic. Hey, actually, this thing was made for half a mil and it made 1.3 million, which means they yeah. more than doubled their film money and it's a Roger Corman film and it made money and it's entertaining. He so you can't say it's not a success. No, I didn't say it wasn't a success. I said it was not a box office success. It is a VHS success. If it were not for VHS and home viewing, this movie would have never even been seen by you and me. It would have been thrown away. But I am going to equate this to a mild cocaine addiction. Um, it's rough and it can ruin your life for sure. Um, but it's one of those things where even years later, when you forget, when you get clean and you fucking forget about all the painful things that you've done in your past because of your addiction, you then remember, hey, that was actually kind of fun, and I would go back to that immediately. As with me and 80 slasher flicks that I've missed so goddamn much, this is like fucking cocaine. It's fucking great. Um, I give this movie a, a fucking 8.5. Absolutely 8.5. I love this one. It's it's. I don't know if I would put it above the first one, but I haven't watched the first one in so long. I know Terry did. Uh, I know that the Reverend yeah. watched this very the first one as well. I didn't have time for that, um, but I'm gonna say this is this is one of those times where I feel like I do like this one more than any of the others. Um, out of the, I think there's three total. Yeah, well, there's um, there's Slumber Party Massacre 1, 2, and 3, and then there's Sorority House Massacre 1 and 2, which kind of correlate with the whole, you know, right. universe and stuff. Okay. Uh, Were those but, Corman as well? Yeah, those are all Roger Corman. Um, but I'm going to go only with a 4 on this. I, I picked a shitty movie because I want... I, 
I gotta say your one was harsh, man. That was harsh. <laughs> Damn, dude. Like, what the fuck? But I, I'm going on a four with this. It's not like a four. I'm going on a four point five. This this is a fun fucking film, and I love this movie. That doesn't necessarily mean it's good. And I feel like a lot of the movies that we've done so far have been good. And even though I love Herschel Gordon Lewis and I put him up really, really high, I love this film too. It's just not good technically. No, it's so not I'm gonna good. Say, but is it entertaining though? It's, it's entertaining. entertaining. That's why I, I, I didn't I didn't fucking drag us through the dirt like fucking the Baron down here. The Baron went down under and gave us a one, man. Like I ain't giving it a one. I'm just saying this is this is a four point oh, five. That's all I'm gonna go on this because even though I really really love this film, and it is right up my alley, I did purposely kind of pick a crappy film that I really love to give it a crappier rating. It's not that good of a film, but it's really fucking fun, and everyone needs to watch it. That's why I don't understand your rating. I really don't agree with your rating. Uh, I'm not mad at it. I'm, I'm less, I'm more puzzled by your rating than the Barons because it, it's not a good movie. Of course it's not. It's a terrible fucking movie. It's absolutely wretched. It's the worst one we've watched by film standards. However, it's super fucking entertaining. Do we need to, I need to compare this to Star Wars. There's a lot of people who like Star Wars. I fucking hate it. I give it a zero out of fucking ten. Oh, I give it a any zero. Any of the fucking zero. movies. Okay, well, there but, we go. I'm a, I'm a Star Wars fan. But so what I'm saying is, Good. if someone's like, this is 11 out of 10, I'm like, yeah, because it's that entertaining to you. It doesn't make it a good movie. You know how many people worship the movie Scarface? That is a shit movie. I love it, mm -hmm. but it's terrible. Mm -hmm. The okay, acting there you go, bad, there you go. the production's bad, the fucking directing bad, the writing is bad. Everything is bad about all of these things we're talking about. It's bad, but it's entertaining as fuck. And if you love it, why would you give us such a fucking low rating? Because hmm. it's not that good, man. I can't get a 6.6 .6 out of you. A 6.6. .6. What did I do with... Hell comes for Frogtown. What did I give that? Seven? Oh, I think oh, I gave I it a 7.5. Yeah. I should no, probably make a chart. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should write these down. <laughs> I, you're fine. 4.5. I'm going 4.5 on this, man. Fine. It's it's not. I tried to pick a fun crappy movie so when i say movies that are better than this are actually better i don't know what a one is i i can't think of a one <laughs> that i would even really watch like but i'm going 4.5 this is like somewhat in the middle fair enough i ain't mad at you buddy all right man well then uh pretty i think this is probably the most diverse opinion on the richter scale that we've had so far so i'm glad that i made that happen uh anyways <laughs> i think we're done Where I run? Where I run?